The Athletic. Happy New Year, sort of. Welcome to From the Recruit, a podcast about a life following Watford Football Club, brought to you by The Athletic. Uh, we've, I'm just outside Vicarage Road uh, after Watford uh, nil. Tottenham Hotspur won. I'm joined by David Cameron Walker. Happy New Year, one and all, eh? <laughs> and Jase. So close, so close to being in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, well, I said, I said the, the, it was the cleanest of sheets we've had this season. Uh, previously, we went 84 minutes against Brentford before we let one in. Uh, and what? No, I don't even know what minute that was. I don't think we can give 96. that really. It was 96. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we kept a clean sheet for 90 minutes. I'm taking it. I'm taking it at this point. Uh, I've got to start by saying we hope that the Watford fan who uh, who uh, found themselves in a not the best state. Uh, and had had some uh, medical attention near the end of the game. Didn't seem too bad because the, the game was uh, not held up for, for too long. Uh, so we do hope, wherever that was, is feeling better very, very soon. But Jason, let's, let's try and get in the mind of Mr Claudio Ranieri. After the game we saw against West Ham, the game that we saw against Brentford, of course, it's the only the previous game before that. We, under his guidance, came out at, at that game very, very differently, didn't we? We did. We, the, the line-up was shown as the, uh, the 4-3-3 that we'd come to expect. Obviously, we knew we didn't have any, um, well, perhaps not completely fit right-backs. On social media, I think, Truce was shown as being at right-back. It transpired that Cathcart was playing at right-back. was probably less... That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, less surprising. But as the game panned out, it became apparent that sort of Cathcart would take up a much more central role. He was defending a lot more centrally, and Kutsko was deployed sort of out on that right hand side and sat back and to be fair Ken did his fair show defending out on the left hand side as well almost a, a six at times yeah, yeah, um, with those guys sort of detailed to deal with the wing backs that, that Tottenham were using so um, was it Regulon and Royal yeah cut sort of coming down regularly down both sides Royal in particular saw a lot of the ball uh, particularly in that first half and it looked like we had a plan to, to deal with it. It also meant we had a lot of bodies defending crosses into the box. So we didn't mind the ball going out wide. We then sort of went at a man to go out and try and deal with it. But when the crosses were coming in, we had lots of bodies in the box to defend that. And we defended those pretty well. Mm, we defended them all very well, apart from one, of course. Um, though, that, you know, there's, there's some several players in there. We know Cathcart, Messina, Troost and Sierra You couldn't really... You know, put put any fault on them. Moments, of course, but as a, as a unit, it, it was probably, especially compared to the West Ham game, I definitely felt far more comfortable because it looked organised. We were well organised today. We, I think, we did defend well in the main. Um, yeah, I don't think there was any glaring mistakes. You know, haven't, we have, obviously we haven't seen a replay of the goal yet. I don't know whether that was a mistake, whether it was a good ball in and a, you know a little flick from Sanchez. I'm, I'm not sure. It looked like it went through uh, Backman's hands. Just just seeing it live in real time, but we'll see. Um, it's just a hugely hugely dispiriting result, isn't it? Because we just so close to getting that elusive elusive clean sheet. You know, getting to the 96th minute and 
give away a sloppy free kick and Kuzka was probably tired. He did. He, he put a, gr- a great shift in. I think he, you know, I don't think there was anyone out there today that, that can't leave the pitch with their heads held high. To be honest, we took uh, one of the better teams in the league. You know, a team that is banging on the door of the top four right to the wire. And unfortunately, a set piece has done for us in the end. But I, I don't think we deserve to lose that game. I think we we did we did enough to get a point. And it, it did look like at one stage we were the team in the ascendancy that were going to win it. And maybe we'll come on to the penalty or lack of lack thereof in a, in a minute. But, you know, it's it's a hugely... It, it's, you know, it's un, massively unfortunate. You can't blame the, 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 the break in play, really, because you've still got to switch on and stuff and it was obviously the priority has to be with the fan in the stands completely right but coming when it did I think it did hurt us a little bit which was just one of those things what can you do yeah um, what about the Mr Sierra I didn't realise that you know him and Troost you know could be in a partnership before you know did that sort of seem to be you know another game with his legs in his minutes in his legs seemed to be the, the a good step forward for him and therefore me with my future looking eyes let's move on from this game as I always try and do quickly you know it, it, it seemed like he, he was in a better position and a much better performance than the West Ham game and therefore for the future I think so yeah I mean he, he's come back his first game up against Antonio a bruising battle there and then next game you're up against Harry Kane he's uh, yeah straight straight into the action isn't he um, yeah and he did pretty well he sort of the, the feature of his game seemed to be those sort of diving heady clearances yeah. particularly in the first half which I quite enjoyed um, but again, it was part of that sort of that organised organised defence. He, he he did a good job in there. His distribution perhaps still lacks a little. Um, there are a few sort of hurried clearances from time to time. But part of that, I think, was as we defended deeper and deeper. There's no out anyway, and, and your job as a defender is to defend primarily, and and that's that's your first thought, isn't it? So I think you can probably cut him a little bit of slack on on that front. Those sort of launch balls that didn't quite go to, to feet or to head or to uh, a yellow body all in all we thought yeah pleasing performance from Sierra Alta today because it was you know there was a I suppose we spoke before the game we were in the pub DCW but there was definitely not the thing we'd be coming to love you know we've said the fact that Mike's in the last game we've uh, on average conceded two and a half goals under Ranieri well we let one in today but it was the fact that we were scoring goals. We had opportunities, but there wasn't even an, you know, a counter-attacking vibe going on. Not really until João Pedro came on. You know, I think Pedro was excellent when he obviously came on at half-time for Dennis. Maybe we'll talk about him in a minute as well. You know, Pedro late on, sort of with sort of 20 minutes to go, really seemed to like get into the game. Went on that great run, which when he got he got brought down, I think by Skip. Was it by Skip? I think um, we got the yellow card and nearly won us a penalty looked, just looked so much more at it and he, he was providing an out ball he was a willing runner he was harrying defenders but the game plan clearly was not to press Tottenham we were quite content with their defenders having the ball with them working it out wide and, and as Jay said defending what comes after that and it makes for a difficult watch I suppose sometimes it wasn't a particularly fun game to watch for, for, for most of it certainly for the first hour certainly for the first half but 
you know, it was a quite a smart game plan. You know, it nearly, nearly worked. Unfortunately, it didn't. But we defended as, as well as we have done this season. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But, but it was frustrating sometimes when we got the ball. We were not good in transition, and I, you know that's not part of the game plan. That's just bad execution from the players. When you get the ball, you have to use it well. And there, there didn't seem to be any. You know, maybe this is why Dennis came off. But a few times when when players like Kuzka get got the ball quite a few times in the first half, and Cathcart on the right hand side, and Dennis didn't seem to want to make the run in behind. You know, for the ball over the top, he looked like he was a bit frustrated a few times when the ball didn't come to him in the way that he wanted. And you know, King I think got a bit of a knock early on in the yeah. game, so he maybe. He wasn't quite, you know, he ran it off and he played well in the end, but again, he wasn't full of running. Um, and he's not the quickest either. I've sort of noticed that really seeing him. The first time I've seen him from this end actually since I've been since this season. He didn't look the quickest really. You know, it was frustrating that we we were not better in transition for most of the game. But as I said, I think Pedro helped us massively on that front. Like I say, there was no transition, Jason. The midfield wise, you know, there was Sissoko was probably the only transition. We'd get the ball and he'd run at them a little bit. That was only movement through that midfield we had loser it really felt like I, 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 I would go with feeling rather than observation necessarily he was almost told him don't go past the halfway line you know what he's got in his locker in terms of his sort of the passing ranges there um, and we saw sort of one or two attempts to do that but again the, the, the problem of the, the strikers not looking to go beyond the uh, Tottenham defensive line made that I think a lot harder for him as well um, Sissoko, yes, absolutely. Again, doing what we know he can do, picking the ball up, driving where he can. And Kutska, as we said, his role seemed to be more definitely a defensive one. He was doing, as he did, I think, to, to a degree against West Ham as well, where he's sort of seeing an opportunity to go and, and make a challenge, win a ball, win the ball back, does that. But again, his distribution lets him down. There were times where he looks like he, he did well, won the ball out when he's gone back to his job on the right-hand side. Looks like he's got a bit of room to move forward. He's sort of gone so far. Then he's looked for a pass. He's not an easy one on. He's tried the odd sort of cross-field ball that just hasn't come off. And, it, and, and again, we end up losing possession and then we're all having to drop deep again and, and defend. So that sort of limitations of our players have sort of let us down slightly there, I think. You talked about Pedro already and the fact that you know, he was causing hassles. He got the free kick. And then there was an incident that didn't lead to a penalty. But you two sat behind me... <laughs> You definitely thought of the penalty. DCW, the uh, intelligence we get from the... Intelligence, Mike, from Mike, who was at home today watching the game, says no. Well, I've spoken to a Spurs fan already. Oh, right, OK. And he, upon watching the replay, he said he, when he saw it live in real time, he thought Lloris got the ball. Watched the replay, he said didn't get the ball at all. He, he, was, he was certain, he said to me, that they were going to check it on VAR and get the ref to look at it and it would be a penalty. But for whatever reason, they didn't. Obviously, we've only seen it once. It looked to me, you know, it looked to me like Pedro gets the ball and I mean, Lloris just cleans him out. I, you know, I don't think you can see a more clear stonewall yeah. penalty. The ref obviously thinks that Lloris got something on the ball or I don't know whether he I, thinks I, the I, touch was a bit far from yeah, Pedro. I don't know. I, I just wonder if the referee didn't give it because he just assumes that VAR will if he doesn't have to make that decision because VAR will tell him or give an opportunity to go and look at the replay and then give the decision that's probably why he's not giving it in my mind it seems baffling to me and obviously we'll watch it again later and you know get get angry all over again Um, but yeah I mean what more can you do it was a brilliant piece of play it was a great ball just just round the corner down the line from from King to Pedro again who was straight onto it he looked he looked really good and then you don't get it. I mean, and, and that's just that's just the way it's going for us, isn't it? It's just you know it was absolutely typical of a team struggling, 
that you know you end up losing game one nil when five minutes before that you should have had a penalty and you could have been one nil up and holding on to something. It's it's as I said, it's huge, it's hugely dispiriting. It's look, it's a game that we expected to lose, I suppose. Anyway, in our little predictions league, I predicted six one to Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you my mindset before the game. So we lost, you know, but we thought we could have had something there. It felt like we were gonna have yeah. something, something to build on, go into the FA Cup next week with a bit of a you know, a bit of a week off, a bit of a sort of you know, a game that doesn't really matter too much in the grand scheme of things and then come back for that Newcastle game, you know, really up for it. And that, that is, you know, still a huge, huge game. And it would have been lovely to go into it having got a point, you know, or more and, you know, building that gap because uh, ahead of the bottom three because Newcastle haven't played again. Their, their game against Southampton, I think, is off, which would have been tomorrow or would it have been today? I'm not sure. You know, so there was, a, there was an opportunity there for us to put a little bit more gap between us and us and them um, somehow we're still not in the bottom three I don't think which is no. which is amazing but um, yeah it's just massively 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 disappointing and I can't I can't understand why the referee hasn't hasn't given hasn't given that one and even the um, you know there was a few others as well there was, there was a challenge on King late on which looked like it was a foul there was another sort of tug of war between I think it was Sanchez and Pedro and Pedro yeah, got yeah, wrong yeah. side of him you know, I, I think it's, it's futile to sort of criticise referees too much because they get some wrong, they get some right, but it, it doesn't make it any less frustrating. I, don't, I didn't recognise him particularly, Rob Jones. It's the first time I think I've seen him. But actually, was it more frustrating the fact that he gave us that free kick? Because Pedro had the tug and he, he had acres of space in front of him and I thought, ah, oh, no, keep going. Take a shot and he would have scored. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he would have. Having, having, having seen the free kick, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which sailed miles over the crossbar when he had time to actually set his sights on it, mm. would suggest that, that perhaps he, he wouldn't have done. Um, and in fact, King had that chance as well. He had one where he that was going in, I think, from, from where I'm not sure it looked like it was going in. Lloris got a touch on it, oh, made yeah. a great save. That was probably the, if we're looking as to where the sort of big chance was. That probably was it for us. I think that was the one. Another tough one for a referee to call. He's seen the shirt pull. He needs to book Skip. I think it was Skip pulled pull him back, wasn't it? So he needs, to, he needs to make the yellow card. He's probably thought in his mind there and then, I need to blow it. It didn't look... I think there was that sort of split second where it looked like he wasn't going to be out. Pedro wasn't going to get away from the shirt pull. And the ball sort of run away from him a little bit. He's actually got free, got to the ball. So the referee's got that again, a difficult decision to make. Yes, make that split decision. He's done it. You know, he, he, I don't think we can criticise him too much for that. I think for me, biggest part of that is we saw organisation, and almost that makes the West Ham game feel a little bit less terrible as I thought it was the other day. Well, because it, it because it, they've it had more, more minutes. Yeah. It makes it makes the West Ham defeat more frustrating. You know, we're clearly, you know, we've put in a performance today that, sh- that demonstrates that when we are at it, we are capable of defending against a team arguably who are probably better than West Ham, really, man for man, certainly. And you know, it makes that that absolutely hapless defensive performance against West Ham and all the others this season all the more I annoying. Say, yeah, you know, so we have to we have to take some positives from that game, and I think you know we can be pleased with how we defended in the in the main today, and we need to take that forward, and we need to desperately try and get that clean sheet at some stage. We, we, you talk about us, we, we take it forward, that's what we do as football fans. Do you think they'll take a lot from that I as the so. players and Claudio especially? Because, you know, he was playing, you know, there was two Italian managers there. I think Claudio out-Italianed uh, Conte a little bit there. Yeah, and I think the players will take heart from that, especially, you know, players like Sierra as you said, who've come back into the team and will be, you know, get, hopefully get a bit of confidence from that. Truce to Kong has had 
best game I've seen him have for a while. Mm. Defended very well. Thought he was good. Can take some heart from that. I, th- I think they all can. But you know, again, you know, again, another frustration is that you know, let's want to lose his best games for us. But is that his last? That's probably the last we'll see of him now. It's the last we'll see of Troost. You know, it's the last we'll see of Messina for a little while. And then you know, of course, the other man who we are going to be seeing more of now is is Emmanuel Dennis. But he goes off at half time, and I'm, I don't know whether you know. I'm sure Claudio will be asked about that in the uh, in the press conference. Um, so we'll see whether it was an injury or anything. But if it wasn't an injury, it does sort of raise a few yeah. eyebrows, doesn't it? Let's talk about that. In you know the fact that you know as we recorded the podcast after the game against West Ham, we learnt that just from Claudio, there's a chance that he's not going to go because of a technicality of an of an email, and a lot of what the fans very much at that moment certainly didn't want Watford as as a club to be seen to be. Finding a technicality uh, to keep Emmanuel Dennis, um, and the rumours and the, the, the understanding that we have is that Dennis had asked for insurances. Would he be playing for Nigeria? Um, he hasn't played for Nigeria. I know they have a new manager, but he he isn't going now because he apparently didn't get those assurances that he'd be playing for in any of the games. Has it has it sit for you all that, Jason? It, I think there's a lot more to come out on this isn't there we don't know the full detail but you, you almost sort of hope that this is Emmanuel Dennis's doing and and not ours I think Dennis clearly is a man who who likes to think for himself who likes to I don't want to say play for himself because he's, he's been involved in some great uh, team performances when they have come and he and and he play he has played well with his teammates. He's not a um, completely selfish player in that sense. But there is some history there with with Dennis in terms of his attitudes uh, and some at club level with previous clubs and also at international level. I believe there's been problems before. We know that he certainly um, had a falling out with the previous Nigerian coach um, who hadn't considered him for selection previously. Um, and I believe there were even attitude problems when he was a, an under-23 player with Nigeria. I, I, I've seen things on social media that suggest there were problems there as well. And again, around the sort of the, the game time he's getting, so where he's he's played well for his club, expecting to get more international game time and not getting what he wants, and so he's sort of throwing his toys out of the pram a bit. Well, so yeah. you, you 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 kind of hope that is what he's done this time and it's not down to the club but then also we just need to be wary of a player who probably as we expected he has got an attitude problem and that's why someone with that much talent is probably playing for us and not playing higher up the uh, the table yeah look th- those reports are definitely out there we've heard people talking about that but I, I do sometimes think it's worth having a bit of caution about being too quick to suggest that a player has an attitude problem I think it's can be sometimes the easiest thing to assume, um, particularly for some reason if they're a sort of swaggering sort of player like like Dennis is. And we don't we don't know what happens behind the scenes. Uh, all we know at the moment from what Adam's been reporting is that you know he has decided 
you know, regardless of, of the um, of the email sort of technicality, he's decided that he doesn't want to go if he's not if he's not going to play. They've got a massive squad. They've got I think nine strikers in the squad. And maybe I don't know if that's like a provision or they're going to cut it down or something. But it looks like it'd be difficult for him to get on the pitch, and he hasn't been in the team. So so if that's his decision, then fair enough. But then it does seem strange that he would um, tweet earlier in the week when the news first broke that he was going to be in the squad, that he was proud to get the call up for his country. You would assume that he would want to go and try and force way into the squad um well sort of i know afcon is a big thing because it's a big international thing but this is his opportunity as a player he is on eight goals his assist level is second to salah as far as, as i keep saying this is a massive opportunity for him in his career to have a one yeah you need one great season in a, even in a relegation side, if you have one great season, that's your that's yeah. your setup for life. Well, yeah, but also if he goes to the Af- Afcon and if he was to be the star man for Nigeria and they win the tournament, that's pretty good as well. I don't, we can't second guess him. We don't know how much importance he places on playing for his country. It's easy for us to assume either way. Um, I think it would have been wrong for us to stop him going, to be honest with you, on this technicality. But it seems a moot point now if he doesn't want to go. Um, but we, you know, I, I look on the situation with interest I want to hear whether he's injured or not or whether whether there was a ta- whether Claudio thought he wasn't putting it in and whether you know whether it was a tactical decision because he certainly did look a bit miffed at a few of the situations mm. in the first half and again this could me could be me just you know putting two and two together and coming up with five but he did look like he was maybe not quite at the races today for whatever reason there was one point where we'd lost the ball again sort of trying to trying to break out and sort of conceding possession cheaply he's then turned his back to complain to someone where he's probably the nearest player to skip who's then just strolling through our midfield because no one's making a challenge because Dennis is, is sort of given up well, I've given up but he's, he's turned his back on the game um, and that and it's sort of things like that you sort of wonder mm. that Claudio's not going to no He's not. He's not going to look on that kindly, is he? No. I get that, and I think that was more. You know, I love the idea of him like downing tools because I don't get to play for my country. Bah bah, bad guys. Sort of, I like the idea, um, but I, I think that was just the wrong game for him. They, they set up the tactics for today against Tottenham were not going to benefit him, yeah. and that's probably why he was more frustrated at that he wasn't able to shine and yeah. do what he wants to do or have the have the have the backup with him. I suppose he was due a you know a, a, an off day as well. You know. He, He's been brilliant for us so far, so we can't we can't criticise him too much. And hopefully, he's back to his best soon. And putting all of the talk of Afcon to one side, the net result is a good one for Watford. Absolutely. Having Emmanuel Dennis in the squad, in the team for, for some of the most crucial games of the season against Newcastle, against Norwich. You know, we've got the rescheduled Burnley, Palace, and Wolves games to come. We don't know when they're going to be, but they could very well be in January as well. Particularly if we get knocked out of the cup and our opponents do so yeah it's, it's good for us and let's hope he gets back in the team and you know scoring and assisting goals as soon as possible from the rookery end a podcast about life following Watford FC so next week off to uh, Leicester again is this the shining moment for one Ashley Fletcher and Dan Gosling <laughs> <laughs> it, it probably will be you can't imagine that Claudio is going to risk given how sort of threadbare the squad is currently he's not going to risk any of the uh, first team regulars is he I, I would find that highly surprising um, so the opportunities yeah for, for Fletcher for Gosling and um, perhaps even for the likes of Angelini and Morris who have been in and around the first team squads yeah. quite a bit recently 
we might get to see them uh, playing as well. I, don't, I guess it depends for Angelini whether Foster is now back yeah. and needs minutes back in. Does he come back in? Will there be other players that are coming back in? So Ngaki was on the bench today. Is he going to get a chance to, to play and, and get some minutes in his legs? It, it, it depends how serious Ranieri wants to take the FA Cup. And I hate, I hate that. Yeah. I, I completely understand why the FA Cup. I'm going all nostalgic now. It used to be great. <laughs> we're not crazy. we're not even getting replays this year, are we? In the third yeah. round or the fourth round? But but there we go. I know. But I think yeah. The, the 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 main aim clearly is Premier League survival. We really do need to sort of knock the idea of a cup run on the head. Unfortunately, do you watch us win? You watch us beat. We'll we'll we'll, win. we'll get the clean sheet in the cup, won't we? It's just it's bound to happen. <laughs> I, I can't. I just can't see it not being heavily, heavily with some under twenty threes. Just with the players with injuries and the lack of squad behind them. If Ngaki had a few minutes, yes, and get some minutes in, but you actually don't want to risk him because Kiko's injured, and you don't want to. You don't want to risk anything really, because yeah. we're going to have possibly three, four weeks without several of our key players. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can completely, you know, bring the competition into total disrepute by playing, you know, almost entirely under twenty-three lineup or whatever. I think there'll be a mixture. There will be a few senior players that need minutes and will want to get, you know, they have, you know, that want to Ranieri will want to see more of. You want to give probably you want to give two fan a game, giving Gakia a game, you know, as we said, Fletcher, Gosling, maybe Morris, but there'll be a mixture and you've got to you've got to give your best on the day. And if a cup run could be good, you know, if we want to look on the optimistic side of things, it, a win will be good for our confidence and as you say there's no replay so it might not be too much of a burden but obviously I don't think I don't think anyone's going to shed a tear if we go out of the FA Cup this season because obviously survival is the priority we've got a thin squad as it is with absences for the AFCON with injuries there's still the the looming threat of Covid in the background we don't know when we could lose players for that so yeah I mean it's it's a it's it's not a classic FA Cup tie as well, is it? A team in the same division, a team that we've played recently. But as I say, you watch us go and batter them 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the, uh, the beginning of a, of a new year uh, for Watford. Uh, we're hoping, fingers crossed, there's some resolutions uh, going on within the squad uh, that will help us in this, this run-in that we've got for the second half of the season. Very hectic that it's going to be. Transfer window, unfortunately. It's open. One minute past midnight. I didn't get the tweet uh, with the announcement of the centre-back, left-back that we were expecting. But it, it is open. Uh, and if you do want to find out the, 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 the worthwhile, let's say, things to be thinking about and discussing rather than spending several hours watching YouTube videos just because you saw one player mentioned as a possible rumour, uh, do make sure you're following Adam uh, on Twitter, at Adam Leventhal. Uh, and, of course, watching everything that goes up on The Athletic. Well, hold the phone there, John. Breaking news on Saturday night after we had recorded the uh, the main podcast recording. Uh, Adam Gleventhal from The Athletic, as just aforementioned uh, gentleman, uh, exclusive news from him that Watford are set to make two signings. Uh, Hasin Kamara, a left-back, woo, from Nice, uh, and a defensive midfielder, Edu Kayumbe, uh, from Belgium side, KAS UPen. Well, basically less than 24 hours into the January transfer window and the business is being done and it just all that stuff just seems to be finalised also centre-back seems to be on the way with Ranieri 
being backed this January. Adam will have all the news for you as all these stories come through. Uh, of course, if you subscribe via The Athletic, uh, you can get it all there. But he is sure to give us the depth and detail of these signings in our midweek podcast on Thursday. If you haven't subscribed, theathletic.com forward slash rookery end, uh, which is currently a 33, a third off your normal rate for a subscription. Uh, but also, of course, you can go and sign up for a, uh, a seven-day trial. Give it, uh, give it a try, give it a whiz, and see what you think. I was going to say, you mentioned The Athletic, and I'll, I'll take this opportunity just to, just to, just to uh, plug on my employer's behalf. Um, <laughs> uh, an article I was reading earlier on that actually you know, might give some Hornets fans a bit of, a bit of New Year hope. Uh, and it was all about how difficult it looks like it will be for Newcastle to strengthen significantly in the window. There was a lot of agents quoted in the piece about how difficult it is to do the deals. Premier League clubs don't really want to sell to Newcastle. Top players are wary of going there because they're not sure whether they'll be able to stay up and they, you know, you have to insert the relegation you know, wage cut clauses that they're not keen on and things like that. So you know, it might be difficult for Newcastle, which is good news for us. Yeah. On the flip side, it does appear that they are about to sign Kieran Trippier, which if that's a sign of things to come, is not good news for us because you know, they're starting by signing England's right back. Uh, and left back at times, then you know it doesn't necessarily bode well. But yeah, I thought it was a really interesting piece. Okay, that's what the athletes is all about. Those those pieces and that that's like deep diving that you don't normally get uh, at other sites. So theathletic.com forward slash recommend if you have not uh, subscribed quite yet. Thank you very much, Jason. Uh, thank you. And thank you, ECW. Thank you. We're we'll back with another podcast midweek with Adam. Come on, yours. The Athletic.